It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. I'm glad you joined us this week. We've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to talk about a lot of exciting things to really help you uh, grow your business, continue to grow, whether you're ultra successful or kind of on your way. And we've got a great guest joining us this week, J.P. Hervis. He's the president and founder of the Insider Media Management. And uh, we're going to talk about millennials, content is king, the new generation, hiring in the new generation. Really, what are some things we can do to make sure that you're putting the right information out there from your business to attract and connect with the right clients. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you can provide a service, you can provide value, but if it's not presented in the correct way, people are going to be in a situation where they're not going to know what you have, what you really do, and, and how that applies to them. And, and then ultimately, no, you know, neither you nor the, the client is going to win. So we're going to talk about that, help you move along the way. And if you've just joined us, if this is the first time you've caught the Wealth and Health Show, I know we've kind of been doing several shows now, had some phenomenal guests on in the past from leaders of major companies to leaders in the health field and all that sort of thing. But we're typically interviewing different high-level performers, entrepreneurs, those who have mastered their craft, C-level execs, leaders in the coaching, and as well as the uh, doctors in holistic field and experts from around the world. So today we're joined by J.P. Hervis in studio, and I'm glad, J.P., you could join us today. So thanks for joining us. I appreciate the invitation. It's always fun. Yeah, lots of joining us, joining us. So <laughs> got to have fun as we move along, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. So you've heard me talk about that from time to time, folks. If you don't have fun in life, then, then you got to reevaluate and get to a place where you are having fun because, you know, life's too short to move through and be stale, right? I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, more than ever as I get older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I know you got some little ones. We got some little ones. So it's, you know, keeping it fresh all the time. Of course, that keeps it fresh when you go home. But boy, having that balance in life of family and work and business and all these different things is a crucial scale, crucial balance you want to keep hold of all along the way. So we want to talk a little bit about the idea of business, how business has changed. You know, I know that you guys at Insider Media Management have really a uniquely structured insight in a lot of these different businesses because, you know, really what you're doing, is, or why don't you tell us, why don't you tell the folks, you know it better than I, because it's what you do, it's your business. What really do you guys do? Because I think this gives a great insight for you to have topic on what we're going to discuss here. In terms of what the official services are, it's public relations. It's outbound yeah. communications on behalf of companies, whether it's through earning media and social media and, and branding and web development and all that stuff. But ideologically is where we differentiate from any of our competitors or anyone anywhere I've really seen and studied over time. Uh, it all starts with me. I was a television news reporter for 13 years. I worked in several markets around the country, and that is day-to-day -day storytelling in a variety of different ways, in a variety of different circumstances mm -hmm. as well. And over time, I was approached by a lot of public relations firms th through the generic press release, and quite frankly, PR, the way it has been done, is antiquated in its nature. It is too pitchy, it's too pushy, and it seems too much like an ad. Mm. So when I got out of the news business, I said, I'm going to start my own firm that essentially is going to operate like a newsroom. The vast majority of my account executives are all former journalists. I plucked them right out of newsrooms, whether mm. it's newspaper, magazine, radio, television. And the reason why is 
you know, much like any singular person, forget business, but any singular person, every business has a story. Every business has multiple stories. Sometimes it involves people. Sometimes it involves how that story came to pass. And it's those stories that are, that are the easy differentiating factor from one person to another, even in a competitive industry. So what we look to do is find those stories that we as journalists find the most interesting, and then we push them out in, in the communications channels that we master. And I, and I think that's a great point because, you know, regardless of where you are as a company, if you're listening out there, you're a business owner, maybe you're not a business owner. You're just intrigued by business. You're intrigued by the show. You just love listening. Hopefully that's what you're doing too. But, <laughs> but you know, if you're out there and you own a business, you know, businesses continually are re-evolving, continually evolving. I guess I should say rebranding, refocusing. I think of an interview we had a couple of weeks back with uh, some of the senior leadership with Kohler, the Kohler company in Wisconsin, obviously well-known, been around for a long, long time, an international brand, huge company. And they went through the process, JP, of really restructuring and rebranding who they are because they had, you know, all these different divisions. They had all these different companies. And what does this actually look like to kind of make sure that they can continue that seamless message to the public, but not get too over here or over there in the, into the weeds as far as their messaging. So I think the idea of, you know, really how business has changed, storytelling with your business and, and really communicating effectively to the public as you grow is, is a necessary concept to not only continue to look to master and grow in, but also get insight and thoughts on from time to time from experts in the industry. And I know that you've been able to do a great job of really helping companies craft their message and craft their store. That was one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on is you've done such a great job job of helping these different companies. And ultimately what it's resulted in is they've gotten different media engagements, different media opportunities, being on TV, being interviewed in different paper news outlets, uh, whether it be Fox and Friends or whether it be other you know, physical paper distributions, because you've done such a good job of really helping these companies craft their stories. So for the listeners out there, let's talk a little bit about, JP, how business has changed and why it's important to understand the story you're telling and maybe the story you're not telling you know, to the people that are kind of viewing you? Well, I think it's ultimately the general consumer that's changed. Now, mm -hmm. over time, you can be enormously branded. You can be Coca-Cola or, or any company. But mm -hmm. at some point, the people that you marketed to for 15, 20 years, they're different. They have kids, and those kids end up being your primary consumers. The hot topic now is... Millennials. Millennials mm. are going to take over the world in the next five to 10 years <laughs> in whatever age group that is. So everybody yeah. wants to figure out how to communicate to those millennials. So, you know, we certainly, depending on what the product or the service is, we talk about millennials. We also look at some of the older generations, but what's happened over time now, and I think television has a huge influence with this. Social media has a huge influence in this. I think there has to be an sense of an altruistic informational entity. Mm. What are you doing to help somebody mm. by providing them the information or give them the insight that you have feature your expertise as much as possible, exactly what you do on this show. And you do it enormously well so that they have that sense of trust. That hard sell is something that especially millennials, you know, they grew up with 200 television channels, period. Mm. They grew up with the internet. The cutest tagline is not the thing that's going to penetrate the mind. It's yeah. that either emotional connection or that piece of information that they didn't know before in whatever industry that they're looking into or any product that they're looking into that is going to make that slight difference. And, you know, in football, there's, you know, you can throw the 50 yard bomb or you can do uh, four yards, four yards, four yards and move the ball down the field. Mm. Now with the ability to earn publicity, the, of course, traditional advertising routes and digital marketing routes, 
And then with the controllable media, with social media, you have the opportunity to continue to move the ball down the field and you do it through the stories of a product, the stories of the people who made the product, made the service, have done the business, and then providing that expertise that you want to feature to someone where you're basically saying, we have this expertise beyond our competitors and we're happy to share it with you. You'll trust us enough to then come into our office and do business with us. Why do you think some companies, because really all that you said there, I mean, it's the idea of crafting your story well, right? So why do you think, JP, some companies have not done the best job of really crafting their story. You know, it makes me think of, and obviously marketing is important and being out there is important. There's a particular company, I'm not going to mention the name, but they are really kind of an industry leader in acne treatment for teenage people. And you've seen their commercials, they've hired celebrity, you know, and that sort of thing. They've kind of really been a leader in that field. And their product really was not any different than a couple other competitive products, but they've just dominated the market because they've done such a good job of telling their story. So what do you think are some pitfalls for companies that they can maybe avoid in the process of telling their story effectively? Don't be too concrete. You know, a company is a logo and a company is a name on a tax roll, mm -hmm. but a company is really people. Mm -hmm. And the person you're always going to sell to, no matter who you are, if you're B2C or B2B, are people. So we can take the example of the company that you're talking about, that acne treatment company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their hard sell wasn't necessarily behind the science of it all. Mm -hmm. It was the emotional tales of the people who use this treatment and it changed their life. Yeah. People can connect emotionally. My, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I was a news reporter for more than a decade. My second news director ever in Clarksburg, West Virginia said to me, it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your race is. It some cases doesn't even matter what language you speak. The one thing that connects us all as human beings mm -hmm. is emotion. Mm -hmm. So I think there are businesses, whether it's someone who does taxes or someone in the stock market or somebody who is selling a widget where they get so caught up in saying, hey, I've generated this much money. My widget is better than everything else. But they forget about the emotional impact of the person who is entering the stock market mm -hmm. and needs the advice, mm -hmm. the emotional impact of buying that widget and how that changes somebody's life. St I always say start with emotion. Yeah. Start with emotion and then grow from there. You can inject emotion into almost anything that you're marketing out for your company. And it is a great point. You know, folks, again, a lot of times and you're talking about emotion. It's, it's interesting. You know, JP, a lot of the folks that come into us, you know, obviously we have three different financial companies helping higher net worth clients manage and protect their wealth and grow at tax planning, all that. But, you know, they're coming in and this is the first time that they're looking to either maybe get a second opinion or, you know, maybe they're retiring, they're selling a business. Maybe they're early, mid thirties, forties, maybe they're older than that. But, you know, it's the first time they've kind of taken these large chunks of money and said, I need to get a second evaluation, second set of eyes on this to really get a deep insight or, you know, selling it. And it can be an emotional experience because, you know, this is everything that they've worked their entire life for. So we're sensitive to that. And so one of the things that we've strived to do is make the business that we have, that's why we're kind of boutique, we limit who we work with and all that, to be as less transactional as possible and more, hey, let's talk about what really matters to you. And I think you brought up a great point there as well. As far as a company or a business, it's not a name and it's not a logo. It's not bricks and mortar. Right. It's, it's the people. It's, it's the always people. the people. And to your point, you need all the many finance degrees that, that you have and, and everything associated with that. You kind of need almost a sociology and psychology degree now. Absolutely. Now. And that's just going to increase yeah. as the generations advance. Yeah. And I love what Zig said. He said, you know, you don't build and grow a business. You build and grow people. And then your business grows from that. 
And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to, isn't it? Right. Well, just think about now that kind of pushback you get if uh, you're a major company or any company really, but some of the major companies, and we've seen it in the news, that don't provide good customer service. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's, you know, they're managing uh, crises through social media because yeah. those things can blow up oh, in a second. Yeah. But at the same token, when there's a story like, and I forget the, I think it was Delta. Delta, mm -hmm. a couple of pilots were on the ground and they had all their passengers in there and the flight was delayed by about an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. They bought pizza for the whole flight. Yeah. That went viral. Yeah. That's understanding the yeah. emotion of sitting on a plane. Yeah. Forget the uncomfortable physical part, the emotion yeah. of sitting on the plane and how every person in every single one of those chairs has a story of why they're getting in that plane and trying to get to it, whether it's grandma or wedding or, you know, seeing your new nephew who's just born. And pizza, yeah, pizza yeah. can enter that feeling of understanding that that's all people want to have. It they is. want to know that they you, that you that, that you cared care for. Yeah, that that guy could have just sat right there in the cockpit, waited, flown, and landed, and yeah. everybody would have said fine. You know, it's interesting, JP. I've had the opportunity to interact with and connect with for a little while in the past. Ed Bastian, he's actually the president of Delta, and really dynamic guy. And one of the things that the mantra that they have taken, and this is why they've done some of these things like the pizza, which I think is phenomenal, mm. is Ed basically said, listen, we're going to retool this company. We're going to meet people at their core needs, even from the employees. You know, and they were financially in, in distress a long time ago, and they totally have rebuilt, rebranded, and become a, a really a great product and a great company and, and strong and successful and all these different things. They started by going in, and, and he physically, Ed, the, the president of the company, physically went and sat down, him and his team, with different groups of people. Now, this is a large machine, but he saw the need to connect with them on an emotional basis and give them an opportunity to share and give them the opportunity to tell what's important to them. And consequently, what you see is the result of the pizza on the runway. You know, in other words, it's not just buying pizza, it's meeting the needs, realizing that these are people and not just a company. And I think that's really, really valuable. By the way, folks, if you have any questions or if you want to share, you know, some things about your company of why maybe it's been successful, hasn't been successful, concerns, whatever it may be, reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at lean on the wall, again, at lean on the wall. And we're talking with, again, with JP Hervis here, president and founder of Insider Media Management. And I want to continue the conversation next segment. We're going to talk about the idea of content is king and also crafting a little bit more your story. How do you do that? How do you make that happen in such a way? that it's clean, it's simple, it's crisp, it doesn't get lost in a mix. You're not going to want to miss it. Hang around. We'll be right back right after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com. And to see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review, call toll-free 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Well, welcome back in, folks, to The Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. We're joined with J.P. Hervis. He is the president and founder of Insider Media Management. And they are really a company that's designed to help 
businesses and entities craft their story well uh, so they can really create the presence that they want to create in the media, which ultimately helps them tell their story to more people, which ultimately helps them grow their business. And, you know, everybody becomes a winner in that scenario. So we talked last segment about a variety of different things. In this segment, I want to dive a little bit deeper on, JP, how to really help a company craft their story. Also, we want to talk about content is king, why that matters, and some different things there. But I don't want to take any time away from understanding how to craft the story, because I think companies that are listening to this, people that are listening to this, that are, that are folks who, what, they may not even own a company. They may just have an idea that they want to share. They may say, you know what, I have something that's really insightful that I want to help people with. And how do I really craft my story well? Or maybe they, you do own a company. You're listening to this. You got a billion dollar, three billion dollar, ten billion dollar, fifty million dollar, you know, five hundred thousand dollar, whatever company. And you want to craft that story well to help you get to the next level to really impact people. You know, we're going to talk about that. And of course, at any point in time, if you missed any of the segments or if you want to listen to any other shows or learn a little bit more about us. Feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, just like you're leaning on a wall, or reach out to us on Twitter at leanonthewall. So let's talk about that, JP, the idea of storytelling your business. I know we talked last time, but I want to craft a little bit more. What are some keys that companies, people in general can look at that they can implement, maybe some simple steps to help them craft their story well? I think one of the first things that you always do is, and it should be done already when you're marketing anything or, or you're targeting for advertising, is recognize who your target customer is. Mm -hmm. So that's who you know you're telling that story to, number one. Number two, look in the mirror. What are you, not as a company, not as a logo, what are you as a leader of that company, what are you personally all about? Mm. And be willing to open up. You know, I, I think that there are many of us in that are C-suite executives or entrepreneurs or owners, anyone that's successful. I understand the purposes of leadership where you have to kind of tighten up a little bit and not open up and avoid emotion and all these kind of things. But just think about utilizing that to or the reverse of that to connect to your customer. So I think it's important for somebody not to be so tight about who they are or what maybe the, some of the struggles of your successful mm -hmm. company was mm -hmm. so many years ago or how many stages it took for you to figure out the widget that now is something that is selling and selling successfully. By the way, folks, if you're listening to this and you say, what in the world is a widget? A widget is something that's used for a cell phone to help increase simplicity of the phone. I'm just, I was listening to this, I'm thinking somebody out there, now if they're younger, they're gonna know what it is. But if they're 50 plus, 55 plus, and they're listening to this and they're what in the world is a widget? Well, that's what it is. That's what he's talking about. Uh, it could be a pen. It could be a cup. The guy who makes Oh, the, there you go. See, I don't even know what a widget I, I, is. I'm just using it out there as an example. I was thinking uh, of, you know what I was thinking of, JP? And this is great because this helps you craft your story. Right. Obviously, one part of my crafting of the story, folks, is not selling widgets because <laughs> <laughs> I may not even necessarily know what they are. I was thinking, now help me understand this. I was thinking that when you're using your cell phone and you're on your phone and you have that, you know, you have the apps. Yeah. But then you have the widgets. Oh yeah, no, no. Now widget has been used in, in that phrasing as well. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like a screen. Okay, so but, I was on uh, the right track, but I was missing. You see, and this is where. And by the way, I think this is great because we want this to be totally organic, folks. As we're sharing this with you, this isn't pre-scripted. This is really an organic process of sharing with you what worked. And so the reason I wanted to interject there is because I'm okay to say, hey, let me make sure that as we're interacting and sitting across the desk and having a conversation, I'm on the same page because I'm taking insight from JP as well. As that's one of the reasons we want to have him in because I believe his insight is valuable to our listeners. And so one of the things that I needed to make sure of is, is that we're on the same page. And this is a great example that sometimes you can be in a place where you're sharing things or you're talking about things to your consumers that you just yourself know. 
I mean, it's just something that you do each and every day. And I was thinking of a widget that I, I know is exactly what it is. And he was thinking of the idea of something different. So the communication and the interaction sometimes that you share may not be the same thing people are receiving. So make sure that you understand what people are receiving. One of the things we learned in the news business, and as we, we spoke about in the previous segment, I was a television news reporter for more than a decade, is simplicity is key. Mm -hmm. Now, I think a lot of folks who sell high-priced items or are dealing with high-level real estate, they obviously are dealing with people of a higher intellectual level or somebody who's enormously successful. But you have to think about when you're telling your story mm -hmm. that it's very easy for someone to change the channel. Yeah. It's very easy to go to the next website to read the article. Right. It's very easy for someone to move to the next Facebook page. Right. Companies of all levels, talking to all folks we say right now, in 2015 and moving on, keep it as simple as possible. If you talk to a baseline intellectual person, if you're able to make your story very clear to them, yeah. then the person with 147 IQ and 20 million in the bank is most certainly going to understand yeah. it. Simple stories are the ones that people connect with deeper. And yeah. imagine if everything from the janitor to the CEO understand exactly what it is you're talking about. I don't care what service it is. I don't care what product you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. And I had heard, and I love, of course, John Maxwell, he's written almost a hundred books. He's, he's one of the most influential leaders in, in the world as far as business goes, ranked by Inc. Magazine. We had interviewed Tom Mullins. He's the founding pastor of the ninth largest church in the country a couple weeks ago. And he's also the head of Equip, which is uh, basically a group that's involved in influencing and teaching and training leaders in the world, not just in leaders and businesses, but countries different leaders of countries. So very deep work, so to speak. And John Maxwell is really a big part of that. But he talks about, it's kind of kind of corny, but he talks about the idea of putting the cookies on the lower shelf. That way everybody can have some. And it doesn't mean that you're degrading somebody's intellectual property or intellectual knowledge or anything like that. But isn't it something where, and help me understand this, JP, I think most newspapers, aren't they written traditionally on about the seventh, eighth grade level? Yes. Yeah. Is For that the right? Most part, I, there's a little bit of fluctuation depending on what market you're in. You yeah. know, there's a difference of how they're going to write it in Hartford as opposed to maybe somewhere outside of that. Yep. But yes, yes. Yeah, for the most part. So the idea here, folks, is keep your message simple. I think this is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. If you think about it, if it's the first touch point that your potential customer is going to have and they understand that first step, they're willing to take that next step. Yep. That next step may be a phone call. It yep. may be setting up a meeting. It may be an email. And then you can get into a little bit more depth. But just imagine as if your story is a doorway. Yeah. To your business. Now, do you want to lock it? Do you want to make it tough to push that door? Or do you want those doors to be wide open so that anybody who feels like they need to walk into that building, walk into your business and buy or receive advice, that that door is open so that they can get in there and at least learn more about you to see if it's something that they want to proceed and purchase whatever it is you may be selling. Yeah. And you know, from that perspective, folks, we'd love to hear your story. Love to hear your crafted message, whatever it may be. Reach out to us at Lean on the Wall. That's our Twitter, at Lean on the Wall. And share your story. Share what you've done. Just a little tweet there and we'll we'll share that around and, and help you in that process. But we wanted to talk also about the idea of content is king this segment. I know. And again, you're, part of the story, part of the crafting is to help JP, these companies whatever they are, because you work with companies in all spectrums, all over the place, really, from different things and all over the country, really. So when you take a look at this, when you talk about content being king, we've heard that before, but from your perspective, what does that mean? Well, think about what you're an expert at. Think about what it is that you're selling. So I'll give you an example. There's a client that we work with that sells a vitamin product. That's, uh, it's a powder and you mix it into water and it's a great vitamin. So sure, that seems like the most basic product in the world, but the expertise of the people who came up with the formula for that is an expertise that the vast majority of people don't know and the people that are going to purchase it will likely be interested in. So 
how many ways can you essentially skin a cat of your expertise? Mm. And the reason to do that is to fill the channels that are now part of the controllable media, of your social media, of the videos you produce to put online, of your website, everything that you can basically get out to the public from soup to nuts. So yeah. for instance, with my vitamin supplement company, I asked them uh, which vitamins are best for your skin, mm -hmm. which vitamins are best for your hair. They're, that's two blogs right there. Those are two different posts for social media. That's a two videos that they can put as fresh content of things that are promoting that altruistic informational sense of the company. And as long as you're able to develop those, as long as you're able to once again, look in the mirror, you're going to be able to generate content constantly because along with the fresh content that you have of the content you develop over the time of your education, of your professional experience, there's always going to be something that trends. There's always going to be something that happens out in the world that you know people are talking about that may fall right into the space that you operate your business in. In the case of the vitamin company, there was some criticism for some of the energy drinks a couple of years ago. Congress mm -hmm. was looking at some stuff mm -hmm. right away. We started developing on content about why some of the vitamins that happen to be in the product provide energy in a much more natural, mm. healthy, and safe way. And that was some of the most engaged content from some of the captive audience and some of the new customers. So I think what he's saying, folks, is just kind of be aware of what's going on. You know, obviously, you know, insider media management, their job and their goal is to really help folks, again, is to help folks really be in a situation where they can promote their story, promote their brand to ultimately promote their business. That's what they do. So being aware of what's happening around you. you know, JP, it made me think of, so I have an office in Pennsylvania, office in Florida. We work with clients all over the country. Obviously, boutique, limiting clients every year. So we have to make sure it's the right fit one to another, higher net worth. And I say all that to say because as we're out there and we're sharing our thoughts and doing our thing, you know, we have a lot of people that interact with us and maybe they're not all the right fit. So that's why I share those things. But in the office in Pennsylvania, a few years back, I think this was 07, 08. I can't remember exactly when it was. Might have been 09. But we actually had a, had a wreck. We actually had a car that had run into the office building. And I mean, it just totally destroyed one part of the wall and blew bricks all over the place. It was unbelievable. Thank the Lord, you know, nobody was actually injured. So that's a great blessing. But even the person in the car, they were fine, you know, when they hit it. And I have no idea how that actually happened. I say all that to say, you know, a lot of people would look at that and say, oh my goodness, you know, this is crazy. What are we going to do? Whatever. And immediately, the first thing that came to my mind is, you know what? I better call the TV station. This is a great way we can get some media from it and exposure from it, you know, whatever it may be. And of course, this was, you know, eight, seven, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever, seven, eight years ago, whatever it may be. But we're in a situation where I was thinking that way from that perspective. So I think what I hear you saying about those energy drinks and all these different things like that is be aware what's going on in the framework and what's happening out there and just kind of adapt to it to some degree. So that way, when these stories arrive, you can be a part of the conversation and become the expert in it, right? So much of what we do at Insider Media Management, since we operate like a newsroom and we're full of former journalists uh, who have worked in newsrooms, is we essentially try to set up uh, pre-breaking news, if you will, mm. protocols. Mm -hmm. So uh, we represent the Heart Health Foundation out of Annapolis, Maryland. And I forget his name, the gentleman who passed away, who was the main actor in The Sopranos, and he died of a heart attack. Mm. I know in the news cycle for the next 24 to 36 hours, because he's a celebrity, that almost every single general news outlet and most people who write anything about health are going to talk about heart health. Yeah. So here I have the doctor and the CEO of the Heart Health Foundation, and I tell him to, as much as he can, clear his schedule. So for the course of 24 to 36 hours in that news cycle, what I knew was going to happen when that news broke, he was on three radio stations, two television stations, in four newspapers, and was quoted in the New York Times. Yeah. And all that happened within about 10 hours of pitching the media that laid over 36 hours. Wow. And now that's for earning publicity. You can do do the same thing in social media, in your controllable media, mm. but you got to get ready to move fast. It's yeah. not about writing dissertations. Right. It's about getting at least one opinion out 
share one element of expertise that's connected to whatever it is that just happened that can tie into the services you're providing through your business or the product that you're selling. Yeah, absolutely. And folks, you know, that's important is being agile, being willing to focus on what's happening at the time it's happening and not saying, oh, you know, that's a really neat story. I think I'll, I'll write something about that next week when I get some time. You're going to be willing in this industry. You're going to be willing if you want to promote your brand, you want to promote who you are, you want to, because really ultimately what it does is if you provide a product and service that actually helps people and you're passionate about it, why would you not want people to know about it? One of the things that I mentioned about our services is not because I'm trying to be self-serving. It's because I've seen the success since 2001-02 with the clients that we work with, the families we've been able to help. I've seen in the industry, that's part of our job and goal is really sharing and educating people to become better. If you go to our site, uh, leanonthewall.com, you know, one of the things, JP, people are going to see is there's an education tab and there's at least six to seven different videos. It's simple. You know, the three, four minutes, two, three minutes, just educating people on different things because it matters. So folks, at any point in time, feel free to uh, send us out a tweet at Lean on the Wall. And also a little special just for the show. We're going to have this on there. If you go to our website, leanonthewall.com, there's going to be a link. You'll be able to download our free. It's going to be a business breakthrough guide. We're going to offer you the idea of a business breakthrough guide. Go to leanonthewall.com to download free, the Business Breakthrough Guide. We're going to have a few thoughts from JP on there as well as other things. You're not going to want to miss it. So check it out. We'll be back just after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. We're joined today again by J.P. Hervest. He is the president and founder of Insider Media Management. We're talking about really success in business, sharing your story, content is king, making sure that you do everything you need to do to become the leader in industry. We talked last segment, if you missed it, about the free business breakthrough guide that we're going to have offered on the site. So if you go to leanonthewall.com, again, leanonthewall.com, there's going to be a free business breakthrough guide. You're not going to want to miss it. It's a free download. Just go ahead and click there and go there and you'll be able to download it to give you some tips and ideas to help you really break through in your business to the next level. We wanted to talk this segment, JP, because I know you've had a lot of interaction here. And the neat thing is because you've been a news room reporter or kind of behind the desk, if you will, for a long, long time before you ended up starting founding Insider Media Management, which is really designed to help consumers, businesses, companies, ideas, whatever, share their story in the media, whether it be on national scale or local scale, whatever. But a big part of that is understanding and interacting with the new generation, right? And what really is palatable to them. So part of interacting with the new generation is hiring the new generation. And as these companies grow and scale in many capacities, they're in a situation where they got to hire this new generation, which is very different than the previous generation. We hear it talked a lot about the idea of millennials and how they're in search of a different type of career and, and their focus is different. You know, back, I remember the boomer generation, for the most part, we have a lot of clients that fall into that category. And JP, they're in a situation where they grew up in a mindset that if you just work harder and work harder and work harder and work more and work more and work more, then you make more money and you save more money and you know, all this stuff. And it, not that some of them didn't work smart. I'm not saying that. 
but it was more of just a work hard, work hard, work hard. You know, they came from a generation of more of a physical, you know, this idea of these tech companies coming out of nowhere and going from zero to a billion dollars in five years, 10 years is just kind of a foreign concept. But we've come to a place now in society, in the world globally, really, where that's become more and more of a commonality. And so, you know, when we look at hiring these new generation millennials, I think companies really need to be thinking different, don't they? Absolutely. I think that what I find with the millennials, and I'm 35 years old, so there's a part of me that essentially falls into it, but it was basically worked out after many years in the news business, which has, certainly takes a toll and it's about work ethic in that business. But I think that this generation looks for a work-life balance and they're looking for it way earlier than the rest of us did. I think a 22-year-old getting out of school, 25-year-old getting out of school is looking for a good sense of work-life balance. Now, when I was in my 20s, I was thinking, I'm not getting married till I'm 30 some odd. These next nine, 10 years are entirely about working as hard as I can, doing as much as I can to advance my career and reach the professional goals that I want. What I'm finding now and what I've seen and what certainly I keep in mind with the millennials that work at my firm is the work-life balance is even part of something that you want to do in recruiting. You know, and this is beyond the morale of an office. I, I, we've been talking morale of office place for a couple of decades now, and we know what the things that places like Google right. does and all of that. But right. This is different now. This is having an employee saying, hey, look, I'd like to leave at 430. Don't forget what I do. I can do at home as well, but I want to pick up my kids or I want to have dinner with them. And, and then I'm going to get back on this at about 9 p.m. And there's got to be a lot of trust there. Yeah. And I think that that's the next thing. I yeah. think that mm -hmm. this generation expects trust sooner mm -hmm. than perhaps previous generations did. You know, I think the baby boomers like my parents knew that they needed to prove to their parents yeah. that they deserve the trust right. that they wanted. And yep. they took their teens and 20s to, in fact, get that. This generation expects trust right away. Now, we can certainly uh, talk all day of whether or not that's fair or not, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. And as a manager, you've got to realize that when you're talking to millennials. Yeah, and I, th I think what you're saying is really, really important because, again, as you scale, as you, you know, whether you have a huge company or, or you're kind of just starting, you're kind of midstream, you know, you're in a situation where as you're growing, you know, part of the process is hiring people. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, you can't do everything and scale and grow on your own. You need to bring people in. Now, again, it depends on what you do. It depends on your branding. It depends on the type of company you have. But at the end of the day, even if it's replacement, it may not be growing to scale. Like you want to just grow, 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 grow. But maybe it's something where, you know, you got some people that are going to be retiring and you got to replace them. There's going to be a large shift in a lot of major corporations in, in America and in the world that they're going to be in a place over the next 10, 15 years where they're going to be replacing, they're already started, replacing a lot of the boomer type people that are moving into retirement. You know, we got 10, 11,000 people a day uh, that are moving into retirement in the boomer generation. Those positions are going to need filled and there's new jobs and new ideas and new creative things. So I think you're talking about the idea of trust and, and understanding this generation. And folks, whether you're in a situation where you're out there and you're saying, you know, I can't connect with this millennial generation. You know, geez, I mean, they want to come in and they earned, they want trust right away and they don't deserve it because they were lazy in college or they didn't do what they needed to do or they dropped out or they, you know, whatever. I think if there was a lady, I think she went to Stanford. I can't remember her name. And I can't even, the name of the company is escaping me right now, but it's a, it's a huge company. She took it from nothing to, I believe it's like, a, I know this is a big range, but it's either a billion or I think it's a $10 billion company over a couple year period of time. And she dropped out of Stanford. She basically said, listen, why am I going here? I already know what I want to do. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Whereas a lot of the older generation said, okay, you have to go from A to B yeah. to C to D to get to E. And if you haven't done this because I did this, 
That's the way I did it. Right. I went from A to B, C. So you have to do it too. And the younger generation, the millennials are saying, no, I don't have to do it that way. And I'm not going to do it that way. And you know, we're going to be successful either way. So that creates a little bit of a disconnect. So let me ask you this. What's some things that, and I think that's, by the way, that's why a lot of new companies are being started. You know, a lot of new companies, because people are saying, you know, I can't work for that generation. So I'll just go start my own company. And because it's so fresh and new, a lot of times people are latching onto that and the growth they're having have been significant. But let's talk about JP for those that are out there, because the goal here is not to create the disconnect. The goal is to really create connection, right? So how can we take, because there's a lot of wisdom in that generation, that boomer, the older, a lot of wisdom. They've had a lot of life experience. They've seen a lot of things that the millennials and all these energy, they haven't experienced. They mm -hmm. haven't seen this. Uh, they've lived in ways that a lot of this generation hasn't. So what are some ways that the older or boomer generation or even folks older than them, so to speak, can connect with millennials? Because it's not about just saying, okay, millennials are this way. And you must cater to everything they want or, you know, you're not going to be able to hire people because that's, I mean, there's give and take everywhere. So what are some things that we can talk about here for companies that are hiring people where there's kind of some give and take from the millennial side and give and take from the boomer side that can help them kind of co-join one with another? I would say in a lot of cases for the boomers, and I, and I, I say to myself, even though I'm younger than that, it goes back to that work-life balance mm. that this generation has at a far earlier age. I think talk to them about their family. See how much they want to open up about what their favorite hobbies are and all that kind of stuff. Talk about everything except what's going on in the office. Yeah. And open up yourself a little bit. In a couple of segments ago, we talked about how C-suite executives and leaders are often told and taught and have been over the decades to just lock it up. Nobody knows about your personal life and mm -hmm. that's that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to have to change a little bit because if they don't feel like they know you, they're not going to connect with you and they probably won't work for you to the level that you in fact expect. Yeah. So I think that bringing up that work-life balance and connecting on that level is certainly one thing. The other thing is you have to hit a hyper level and I've learned this the hard way because mm -hmm. I need to do a better job of it. You have to hit a hyper level of explaining what the expectations are for the position that person's being hired for. Mm -hmm. When I got into the news business, it was go out, get the story. I don't care how you do it, go. Mm -hmm. And that's what we learned in the news business. And that's a very different industry from most others. But here, you really just got to draw it out for a lot of these 20-year-olds. I want you to do this. I want mm -hmm. you to take care of this. You don't necessarily, in most cases, have to tell them how to do it. Hopefully, you've hired somebody who has the education or some type of work experience to know how to do it. But make it abundantly clear as to what it is that they are doing, they need to take care of, and the purpose of it. Because the willingness to learn among the millennials is there. You know, they want to pick up as much as possible, but they have to have a good understanding of what it is they're doing and what it is that's going to make you happy as their leader. And I think it's the idea what you're talking about there, JP, is the idea of feeling appreciated almost. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you can make somebody feel appreciated, make them feel important, they're going to work for you better. And, you know, so instead of coming in and saying, hey, you know, this is what we do, you got to do X, Y, Z. Because a lot of the younger generation, you know, I think they grew up with parents that were very monetarily driven, financially driven, focused on business, focused on success, which is all good. But that's caused, I think, them, a lot of them, the, the millennials, to have that work-life balance to say, you know, I don't want to just think about going to work for 20 or 30 years. And my for the next 20 or 30 years, I'm just going to work. I'm going to grow money, grow wealth, and then I'll retire. And let me interject on that too. If we're going to talk a little bit about, and this is entirely theoretical on my part, but think about what these millennials have seen. They uh, saw and or they were just born or very young for the first Iraq war. Then they saw September 11th. And then they saw the largest economic collapse since the Great Depression. Yeah. They've seen the, you can do whatever you want, work as hard as you want, but something can happen and it's going to change in a second yeah, thing. Great point. A lot of these millennials saw their successful CEO, a father or mother, 
have to take a job that was 400% less than what they were making before. And that, I mean, if you want to talk about something that shakes people up and imagine the influential age that they saw these things where they were able to understand it in their teen years, or maybe they were in college, or maybe they were even preteens. They can understand that something's going on. They, they saw the, the influence of the media once again in social media, I think is enormous in these cases because a lot of things that parents in the past were able to shield their kids from, they couldn't anymore, especially since 2001. Yeah. And you know, folks, if you're not familiar with this, you know, millennials and, and just kind of give you an idea, the baby boomer generation, about 77 million people in the country right now, millennials are actually 92 million. Okay. This is a huge generation. So the reason we're talking about this as far as hiring and doing is because, you know, we got to learn how to interact and connect with this generation effectively if we really want to grow together, you know, kind of all live happy and well together, so to speak, as time moves along. Again, at any point in time, if you have uh, some thoughts on this, you want to join the conversation, shoot us a tweet out to at lean on the wall, get at lean on the wall, because, you know, that's something we really want you to be engaged in this conversation. We don't want you to just listen and do whether it's a podcast or whether you're listening to this in your car or wherever it is that you're listening to the show. We want you to be engaged because the more engaged you are, the more feedback we get, the more value we can offer to offer things that actually are helping you, the listener of the show. Go ahead, JP. Yeah, and I want to bring up a point, and it connects to what you were just talking about. You brought up the point about appreciation, and I think Mm -hmm. offices have been talking about appreciation for 50, 60 years. It's just different now, and I'd love for the listeners out there to tweet to you maybe some of the things that they do to appreciate or show appreciation for their employees. But I think appreciation when it comes to millennials is slightly different now. Whereas in the years past, it's maybe it's a quarterly bonus. Maybe it's the annual bonus. Maybe it's the nice parking space uh, for some of the larger companies. With your name on it. With your name on it. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, it doesn't necessarily have to be as big. Right. You know, I had yeah. an employee get a product that was seven months old on the Rachel Ray show. Mm. I threw a pizza party as soon as we got confirmation of that hit. Bought it. What's your favorite pizza? I'm getting it. Bam. That really, you could see it. People love that. The, yeah. the boss really appreciates it. It's more than just, hey, good job, pat on the shoulder. It's a little thing. It, yeah. it, it seems irrelevant. Yeah. But it's almost like a, a, instead of giving a loaf of bread at the end of the year, just give them crumbs all yeah. during the time when they deserve it. Don't, yeah. don't overdo it. And I think that there's a pitfall mm, there where you, you want to show appreciation for something that maybe is just part of their daily job description. Yeah. And so folks, again, if you're growing your business and you want to learn how to kind of really break through, I'm going to encourage you to go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And if you need more information or if you want to listen to past segments, click on the Wealth and Health Show. If you're there and you want to take advantage of the Business Breakthrough Guide, totally free, no cost to you. We just want to share some information to help you grow and break through in your business, regardless of what you do. Feel free to visit us there at leanonthewall.com. Other than that, we're going to talk next segment about some other things crucial to your business, crucial to this new generation, crucial to kind of promoting and increasing your brand in your marketplace. You're not going to want to miss it. Hang around and we'll be right back after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com. And to see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review, call toll-free 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. 
Well, welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. Boy, we're having a great show this week. And uh, if you missed the first couple segments, visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And uh, you can click on the Wealth and Health Show. You can listen to some of the previous segments. Really, really good stuff. And we're talking with J.P. Hervis. He's live in studio. Blessed to have him join us today. And he is the president and the founder of Insider Media Management. And Insider Media Management, you can go, if you want to learn more about him, you can go to insidermediamanagement.com or just Google Insider Media Management. I'm sure you'll find that. He's in a variety of different capacities. And one of the things that we've been talking about is the idea of storytelling your business, how business has changed, how to adapt with the new marketplace, how to really craft your content. One of the things that we talked in the previous segments is how to craft your content to connect well with the new generation, hiring millennials and why it matters, how to have an effective team in relation to that. We've kind of been all over the board, JP. It's been a good show, but I think we've been able to offer some great insight on a lot of different things. And uh, we wanted to talk this segment about really telling your story, telling, crafting and telling your story. What does that look like? And reaching people, you know, it's interesting, reaching people in a way that, that makes sense today. It's interesting, JP, that Back in the day, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, when I say back in the day, I'm talking, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, social media, and we don't want to talk too much about that. I know we've had segments specific to that, but social media and cell phones and all these other things, it's amazing how we forget. You know, I mean, the iPhone, I don't, I don't know when the iPhone actually came out, at the beginning of the 2000s or middle of the 2000s, but, you know, phones haven't had the technology that they do today for that long. And, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, we went from people don't even want to leave voicemails anymore because it's just too long. <laughs> I don't want to go listen to my voicemail and all this stuff, whatever. So the way that we interact with people has changed a lot. So this is really important. And that is how you craft your story and how you tell your story. And I know that you've seen a lot of change in that. And JP, obviously, you've had a lot of insight because you worked directly behind the camera in the newsroom for a long time before you kind of came out and decided that there's got to be a better way to help companies and people really craft their story. So tell me a few things that you've seen that's be really been impactful to help people craft their story well to the people they want to communicate with. One of the number one things we preach, and this comes from the news world that's been doing it now for a couple of decades, is the simplicity. You know, everybody loves their company. At least I hope you do. You love what you sell. You love the services you provide. And you want to talk about it as much as you can. And you want to get into real depth on your website or leave a long-form message in your social media post or during, an in, let's say, a live interview on your local television station. Go into great depth and, and detail about it. Well, simplicity is the key now. Simplicity is the absolute key. What we tell clients is if you have four messages, you have no messages. So identify your goal in that particular communication, whether it's a singular post in social media or it's a particular interview with the news media or, or an ad campaign you're putting together and just stay with that simplified, direct message. The, the other thing, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, is personalization, as much personalization of the people that are within the company, but also the company itself and, and injecting that emotion. And I feel this to be especially true and the numbers show it in things like social media and news media interviews. Try to be organic. Mm. Try to be organic. Don't try to sound like the CEO that you once saw and the way he talks. Mm. Just be you. Mm -hmm. When I lecture in front of reporters or future reporters at a couple of universities here in Florida, what I tell them is don't play a reporter, just report. So mm. while you always want to have, especially if you're a leader, you want to have a, an eloquent and a powerful and a very clear message. You also want that message to seem like it really is coming from you. You know, I think the day and age of spending three days writing a script in front of a company conference or in, uh, in front of potential clients, that's over. Yeah, that's exactly. over. What, exactly. what I used to do 
uh, when I was doing a live shot, even in breaking news, is I'd just grab the three or four facts that I knew, and I had to fill two minutes of time on live television, and I would just put it on my notepad, and I'd write those three dots. I wouldn't write my script. Three dots. And then that way, I knew I could inject the emotion. I can be truly me, and people could connect to me in that story, and I'd still be getting the information out Well, there. you know, I, I think one of the things that I love about that and the thinking there, be genuine, be organic, be you, so to speak, you know, JP, is the idea that I, I love the quote from Zig, right? I'm a big fan of Zig. I listen to Zig Zig a long time. Unfortunately, he's passed. But, you know, he always mentioned the idea that unspectacular preparation precedes spectacular performance. The idea of the iceberg, you know, that we've heard about so often, but the idea that, you know, most of the icebergs underwater. So all you see is the top of the iceberg, you know, whether it be watching the NBA finals or whether it be watching the Super Bowl or whether it be watching the World Series or the Olympics or whatever it may be, you know, because we can all kind of connect with sports in a lot of different ways. And even art, the artist, you know, whatever it may be, whatever your your medium is that you really enjoy, you know, it's something where you take a look at that. You say, okay, what you're seeing there, the master, those that have mastered their craft, those that have been in a situation where they're ultra successful, you know, they haven't always been that way. And, you know, they practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced off field. I think of Michael Jordan, you know, arguably one of the best basketball players of all time. Of course, yeah, I grew up with him. So yeah, I'm going to tell you he's the best basketball player of all the time. You're not going to get a lot of argument on that. Yeah. One. <laughs> so, so from that perspective, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, what was it, 10th grade? I think he got cut from his team. That's right. You know, and then it made him work harder and harder. Here's the point to all this. What you just said about being organic is I think this is where too often People have been in a situation where they'd want to put preparation in and kind of have the 10 point outline or whatever it may be. So that way, when they present to people, they can share and have all these all this information there. My suggestion is, is listen, folks, put the time, put the effort, put the, you know, really the research in the unspectacular preparation. So that way, when you get to the stage, you know, you either know it or you don't. I remember Zig's mom used to always talk about the idea, you know, either get in something. If you're in something, get in it. And if you're not in it, get out. And what she's talking about there is the idea of an industry. And what's interesting is she understood that. You know, in other words, either be an expert in your field and strive to be the expert in your field and really share information and really add value or get out of the field and do what you're really passionate about, right? So that way, whenever you show up and you're sitting there in front of the TV camera or you're sitting there in front of your audience or you're sitting there in front of your potential client, you know, what you're sharing should just come organically out of you because you know it. You don't need a 15-point outline. And that comes, obviously, with confidence. And I know I'm confident that the people who are listening to this program are people who have been successful or yeah. will be successful. So, you know, you have to look in the mirror again and say, I've done this before. Right. I know this stuff. I don't need to sound like Shakespeare right. when I deliver this message. I've got to deliver it as me. Don't sound like someone else. And the first time this message that, that we communicate with clients all the time and when we're giving media training and media coaching lessons to executives, the first time it struck me when I was a reporter was when I was speaking to a governor of a state that I, I shouldn't mention his name. And I always, whenever I was interviewing politicians, I'd talk to them off camera because I wanted to see their tone, their inflection, their body language so that my radar could be up if I think they're lying to me on a question that I was going to ask them. And the difference between this person when I was talking to them off camera and the person that I was talking to on camera was night and day. You would have thought that it was a Star Trek episode and somebody teleported down there. Wow. And I ate him up alive on television mm. because I knew he was faking it. I would ask him a question. He wouldn't give me an answer. He was doing a bridge technique to what he wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. You can't do that anymore. People right. see it. The 92 million millennials have been watching a lot of television for a lot of years. Yeah. We've seen every type of communicator in the world. Like they used to say in my old neighborhood, keep it real. Yeah. You 
got you got to keep it. Exactly. But people connect to that, and yeah. that goes back to the point that we talk about when it's a, when you're trying to build your story as a brand, right? To be organic and to be simple and to personalize. Personalization and organic communication are one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have JP on and, and his team, and, and I wasn't doing this intentionally to promote him to some degree, but it kind of leads me to this because I think it's really important. This is where they've done a good job. And I know that we've talked about, you know, I've had the opportunity and really been blessed since uh, 2010 to kind of share thoughts and insight on not only local, but different national media, whether it be Bloomberg or Fox or CNBC, whatever. And one of the things that you've kind of shared with me, which I thought was great, is the idea of, you know, starting out with a bank, so to speak. Start out with something, lead with what you want to really focus on in conversation. And, and folks, I think what's really important when you're looking at your brand, because of social media, you know, it's just the way the world is today. And it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. So because of the way the world is today, you have to either decide that you're going to spend money from your business to define and continue to redefine your brand. In other words, you will be the one that will hold the torch and kind of lead the way as far as who you are out there in the public eye, or someone else is going to do that for you through social media and whatever it may be. So it's very, very important that in my opinion, if you're not in a place right now that you are actually, you know, setting aside a percentage of your budget every year for helping you craft, create, continue to rejuvenate, so to speak, your brand and who you are as a company, I think you're missing out in a lot of ways. And I think you'd probably agree with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, just think about it. Controllable media. Imagine being able to dictate every single element of what your message is hmm. and getting it out there as much as possible. Now, all you have to do is invest to that to your point, and that's an excellent point, but also make sure that you follow this role of simplicity and personalization and trying to be organic. You know, JP, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the show here, but I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been really great insight, I believe, and hopefully the listeners have gotten a lot from it. I really appreciate it, and I love what you do, and keep on doing it. Yeah, thanks, JP. I appreciate that. And folks, again, if you're out there and you're in a situation where you want to join the conversation, share us your success stories or failures or all of the above, feel free to reach out to us at Lean on the Wall. That's our Twitter handle, at Lean on the Wall. If you missed the first part of the show, visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, and click on the Wealth and Health Show. You'll be to listen to the first couple links of the show. Also, if you want to learn more about us, that's fine. Visit us there. And last but not least, we're making it available here just for a short time. It's not going to be up forever, but for the next couple weeks, we're going to give the opportunity for you to download a free business breakthrough guide. It's just going to be a little white sheet paper of some great insights, thoughts that we've connected with from some of the different hosts, really guests on the show, people that we found have been ultra successful. Breakthrough guide. You're not going to miss. Go to leanonthewall.com. You'll be able to download that absolutely free. And until next week, folks, here is to living well in your week. Make a difference in someone's life. I'm going to challenge you to make a difference in someone's life next week and have a great one. We'll talk with you next week. See you soon. You've been listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Information provided during The Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.